everyone. I'm Caroline Rina, and this is um, my poem talks on the ride of my life podcast. And um, some really interesting things came up for me today. And I'm, I'm, I'm fessing up my uh, these 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 are recorded. They're pre-recorded. So um, this particular thing came up on March 25th, but you probably won't see it for another. I don't know, a week or two. So, but I did discover something about myself. I was listening to a um, monologue, what he calls it, from uh, Panash Desai, and discovered some things about myself that have been kind of seeping to the surface for a while. And basically, when I was young, I was raised Jewish, and I never felt like this is very vulnerable for me because I've never shared this in public, but. I never felt like I was connected to God, a higher power, you know, whatever. So I went to Hebrew school. I learned Hebrew. I did my uh, bat mitzvah. But when I was little, the way that um, uh, that in the Jewish religion, God is written G dash T. And for me, looking back growing up, I never felt a connection with God. And I didn't feel one my entire life. And so I struggled and I walked my way through it and I struggled and I watched, you know, like my mother used to go through different religions trying, I guess, trying to find her way. Um, and then I, I did that at one point because I was trying to find my way. I went, I went to Buddhist temples. I went to Hindu temples. I went to um, uh, Christian services, Baptist services. Um, uh, I, w I even went to Native American ceremonies, you know, because I was trying to, you know, wrap my head around it. And it, it, I always came back. It was the weirdest thing. It always came back to how um, God is love. And I never could still wrap my head around that. And the other piece of this is that when I was little, um, I was very sensitive. And I am a sensitive person. But I've always run away from it. And so back to what um, Panache was talking about this morning, um, there were pieces of the sensitivity that, like I had people in my life that were big, they were huge over me. And I was terrified, especially more of my, my mother than um, anybody else, but I was terrified of her. And I still wanted my mommy. And it was like, I never had that connection with her either. So I'm not connected anywhere with anyone. And there becomes this separation that I've learned that most of us have of, um, you know, our relationship to a higher power, to God, you know, whatever that is, looks like for you. And for a lot of people, there's a, we're starting to realize that that connection, God is us, that connection is part of who we are. The, the guides, the angels, the, you know, I mean, he, Panache was talking about all this stuff and it resonated with me. And I was like, okay, well, this makes sense to me because what he said was, I don't have to be afraid of who God made me to be. And I've been afraid my whole life and I've questioned it my whole life. And I don't have to be afraid of who I am anymore and who that is this is just happens. So it might be challenging to talk about it. So who that is, is a sensitive being, a sensitive soul. I can 
what happened when I was little and throughout my life, because of my sensitivity, you can call it being an empath, you can call it whatever you want to, I was constantly told, oh, you're too sensitive. Oh, you're too emotional. Oh, you're too this. Oh, you're too that. And I'm like, I didn't know what to do with myself because that's who I was. And I was, I was made to feel that I was less than because of who I am. And I carried that with me my entire life. And now I see it this morning. And what happened was like, um, there are people in the, there are situations and people who, um, especially when we've been traumatized or wounded or whatever, we, uh, people will project. And I've done it to other people. We project our woundedness onto someone else. So for me, what I was not only being projected onto by someone else's woundedness, I also attracted that. I attracted the projections or the pain of others, and they were acting that pain out on me. But because I was so sensitive, I was taking all that stuff in, and I didn't know, and I couldn't tell whether it was mine or someone else's. I just, all of it was mine, all of it. And, and I blamed myself, and I took the blame in from others and I couldn't distinguish between, um, you know, your emotions and my emotions. And it took me years before I could understand what that looked like. And um, basically, you know, someone, any someone's in my life made my sensitivity or my light wrong when I was feeling being around somebody and they didn't like it and they, and they, and they told me, like I said, you can't, you, why are you so emotional? Why are you so sensitive about everything? So I took all of that in as a little girl, as I was growing up. And what I'm, um, what I'm saying here is that I can't be afraid of that sensitivity anymore. These are the things that he was saying to us in this group. And there's a belief system that I've been carrying with me that I didn't even recognize was that being in my light, my sensitivity, who I am, I will be abused. And that's exactly what happened because I am not like most people. And I'm not, that's not like in a braggy way that I'm saying that. I'm just not like most people. And it didn't suit me to be like my whole life. I tried to be like everybody else and it didn't work. And now I see that, um, you know, this other belief that I had was like, if I stay in my presence as who I am, it'll bring back more pain or something bad will happen again. And now I recognize, no, that's not true. When I'm in my presence, when I'm who I am, when I can present to to the external world and joy and fun and peace and love because that's what I have inside of me that's what we all have we just can't freaking find it you know and unless we do and I keep going back to this unless we do the work to find that to release the old um feel you know those old suck feelings of anger and sadness and fear and shame or whatever you're feeling that's what counts and that's what's helped me get through this I will tell you this at the beginning of a, a situation that occurred in my life, um, I was um, in this in this house I was living in, and something had happened, and I really don't want to get into that because it involves 
people that I, I don't want to bring this story out for them, but um, some of, basically there's, I've been, I've talked about parental alienation, but it isn't about the parental alienation. It isn't about what happened. What it's about was what happened with me. That was like the breakdown. That was the moment where I had to start changing my life. And what happened was when that situation occurred, um, I was in the basement of this house that I was living in. And I had drawn all the windows. I was like in the deepest, darkest place of depression. I couldn't get off the floor. I was crying for hours when this happened, hours. And I was alone. I was by myself. I felt alone. Nobody, I mean, I had a friend coming to, to up to stay with me. But in the meantime, I had, um, I had all these things happening and I, I just couldn't get myself together. So I was just crashing on the floor, the darkness of the soul, whatever you want to call it. And I remember, this is how alone I felt and how alone and different I felt from other people because nobody understood, I, I felt like nobody understood me in my world. And so I got a phone call from my father who was telling me what I need to do to uh, save this situation. And I'm listening to him and I'm like, I just want to get through it. I don't care about how, I can't, well, I did. I cared about how to save the situation, but I wasn't the only one who needed to work on that. And when, when something happens, everyone is involved. Everyone works on it. And so it made me feel like, and it wasn't about the, the again, the situation. It was more about like, why are you calling me to tell me how to fix something when I'm right in the middle of this I guess, for lack of better words, existential crisis, because it was. And why are you telling me this? Why can't you just support me? Why can't you just love me? Because no one knew how to do that with me. I didn't even know how to do it with me, so I couldn't even ask for it. So it wasn't technically his fault that he was doing that. It was just who he was um, at that time, well, throughout my life. And I never had, a I never felt a, a deep connection with uh, with him. And so anyway, fast forward to today again. So I'm recognizing the sensitivity made, it feels like it made other people feel uncomfortable. And as a result, it reflected back onto me and I felt uncomfortable. And I stopped being that person. I stopped being who I am. And today um, I'm sharing this because I recognize that I need to be who I am. I get to be who I am. Um, I, I, come on to these poem talks because I want to share these poems, you know, with what I was going through a year ago. And it, it, I find it interesting now that the wording isn't similar to what happened today, but the feeling behind it was and the thoughts behind it, because back on July 24th and 2021, I didn't know this information. I had, I just found out about it like 10 minutes ago, you know, and I didn't know this, but this was, these were the feelings that were coming up through me or coming out through me at that time. And as things progressed, more and more of these, of these thoughts came out. And I just wanted to put uh, pen to paper as writers, as we writers say, and um, write these out. But I, I never felt connected with my feelings. And sometimes I felt like my writing was very, um, like I was in the army for eight years. So my writing always felt like an after action review. So when I wrote 
I felt like when I wrote poetry, it brought the feelings out more than when I wrote anything else because I couldn't feel that connection to my own feelings, which is not good because that's, we are feeling people, you know, um, in a place of also though, uh, we're all different in how we feel these feelings and how we deal with these feelings. And sometimes these feelings again, aren't even ours. So this poem that I wrote is called The Darkness and the Light. And here I'm gonna see if I can get to slide this and get this a little better. Okay, so, all right. Sitting in the darkness, waiting, not knowing what comes next. What I do know is I am recreating although in this moment a bit perplexed. Is that my job to know? Or is it my job to just follow the flow? What happens when I sit? I'll say I get antsy and scared. And even with my quick wit, I feel quite unprepared. Is that my job to prepare? Or is it my job to just be aware? I focus on what to do as I wait. I work through and process. This is something that I tend to hate. I don't know what the future holds. No longer can I guess. Is it my job to guess? Or is it my job to express? Walking through this time, learning to just be, working through the muck and mire, Feeling sometimes I need to flee. What is happening in this moment? I'm going into the fire. Is it my job to go into the fire? Yes, because now I can fly ever higher. Like the phoenix flies as it burns one more time, turning to ashes as the heap on the floor. What happens with the phoenix? It's committed no crime and it knows it's been here many times before to renew, to get through, to know what is true, the darkness within are all lies as I see, as I burn to the ground, I begin to witness a new view. When I'm in this space, I begin to agree. It's surrendering completely to the flow, to the flame of the new phoenix burning so bright. It's okay right now for me not to know. The answers are here, I get to turn to the light, the light which is getting brighter each day for me to see who I am and the direction to take, the truth inside still brighter and I say, I am in the process of becoming fully awake. Closer and closer to my heart, I get near to live out my life with beauty and peace. Things are actually becoming more clear the archaeological dig on self to release shows me each moment as I begin to appear. So I'm seeing with this, I am beginning to appear to myself. And as I do that, I start, I feel more comfortable to appear in front of you, you know, because this is the deepest, darkest of 
that little sensitive girl who grew up into the sensitive woman who was wished for being sensitive, who was so afraid of being sensitive that she joined the army for eight years and had to go through that to recognize really how sensitive she was, is. And the more processing and the more grieving and the more work and the more connecting with my source and the more, um, the more deeply going in and recognizing that I am part of that source and understanding all that stuff, my sensitivity is like blossoming. And I see things inside of me that I never saw before ever. And it's like, it's so, it's so incredible to finally know and understand all these things that I've been reading about and being told, the potentialities, the possibilities, all these things, they're all here. They're all here. We just get to make a choice to find that again in ourselves and let go of the lies and the beliefs that we've carried that are not true and to open up to and, I, and using this has always challenged me, but there's love, there's light, there's truth. And it's not just this like kind of love and light. It's like this real solid feeling of knowing that I am, I'm me, I'm a part of something bigger than me. And I just want to share that with by putting this out here and I don't even know where this is going or what's happening <laughs> or what's going to do. But I know that this is like when we get into feeling who finding ourselves and, and feeling these feelings inside of us that we're meant to feel and, and actually release, not get stuck inside of us and do the healing and grieving and all this stuff just to let go of this conditioning, these lies that we were told of who we're supposed to be, not who we are. I want to show that it's possible to do this from that scared little girl whose mommy constantly parentified her and asked her, you know, why haven't you called me to tell me you love me and ask me how my health is? And after all, I bore you and that's why you need to do that. No, you don't put that on a child. To the, the, the young woman who lost basically everything, including herself, to this older, more wise woman who's starting to see what that was about and why it happened for me to see who I am, to see the truth, to see the love, to see the peace, and to find the joy within myself and in the world and be that. And it's interesting, I just, <laughs> I just put a, uh, a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. I didn't even know he said this, but it was, um, so Gandhi, I think, said, be the change you want to see in the world. And Martin Luther King said, be the peace you want to see in the world. So that's what I'm working on. That's what I'm doing. And that's what I'm sharing. So I hope this helped in some way for you. Um, it really helped me and it's making me feel lighter. And maybe that's projecting out to you. And I hope you feel that too but you can do that for yourself. And um, there, it, it's, it is possible. And I just wanna say thank you for showing up 
for me, for you, <laughs> for you, for me, for everyone today and listening to this, I'm grateful. And uh, I hope you have a beautiful moment wherever you are. And thank you for joining me on the ride of my life.